Welcome, everyone, to the Game Vault Podcast. I am your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Then we'll be discussing our games of the year and reviewing our retro roulette game, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest for the NES. Before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Mark, since you're fresh off of it, why don't you just start us <laughs> off? Yeah, so I just finished Cyberpunk literally like five minutes before this. Um, I had gone to bed last night on the last mission and had forgotten I had something to do in the morning because I was like, oh, I'll finish it in the morning before the podcast. And then forgot that I had to go somewhere and so I squeezed it in. Um, thankfully, the credits were a little bit longer than the actual mission. Um, <laughs> being sarcastic. Um <laughs> Yeah, the game, if you have a high-end PC or a PC that can run it, the game's fine. It's It reminds me a lot. I got into it as deeply as I got into Fallouts and things like that, where I just kept doing side missions and gigs and just kept doing things over and over again. Um, I'm sure if I played Witcher more, um, it would be the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame that that game was so terrible everywhere else. Um, because outside of people that have, you know, the... You know, anybody with a base, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, I'm so glad I switched the PC on that, by the way, because I originally pre-ordered it for Xbox One. Um, but yeah, game's fine. Uh, what's his name? Keanu's real good in it. Um, better than I thought he would be. And the character comes through very well. And the decisions near the end, um, you know, are probably on the level of Mass Effect, maybe a little better. Um, you know, in, in terms of that... Um, you know, you can sort of see what you're choosing um, before you choose it, um, even though there's still some, an, you know, ambiguousness to it. Um, but you kind of get, OK, I think I know what this is saying. It's not like the what was it, the red, blue, green, whatever ending to Mass Effect 3, um, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, so uh, I did a lot of tech like I would hack and basically not shoot much, which mm -hmm. um you know, hurt you near the end, not hurt you so much near the end, but I wasn't as familiar with the gunplay. And of course, final battles, you know, they're not going to let you cheat your way through it as I was doing with the tech um, <laughs> where I'd walk into a room and just hit them with a virus and just wipe out the room without having to step in it. Um, so, you know, that they don't really want you to do in, in the final mission. Uh, so but that's fun. Guns are fun. I think you'll have a lot of fun, Tom, if you go to a more reflexes body route um, than hacking. Yeah, um, I've kind of been going that direction. Yeah. Because I feel like even when I've done the hacking stuff, it just I it just doesn't make a difference to me. I yeah. just end up in a firefight anyway somehow. If if you're able to get it with your just some advice, no spoiler, the two things to get um, for your cyber deck um, that'll help you is either contagion um or reboot optics mm -hmm. you, you know contagion spreads from people to people so you can weaken people before you go in shooting um and uh, and optics you know takes their eyesight away so that they have worse aim and stuff like that yeah so those are the two main ones i i suggest even for people out there that are going for a gun build make sure you have those because um you know they're relatively you can get them low leveled and you know just it, it will help you and make things a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, the game itself is it's it's OK. I mean, it's it's not earth shattering. You know, it was not wasn't worth the hype. No, it, they missed some if they would have. I hate to say this with how much it's been delayed. But if you gave them like another year or two, this game would have been amazing. 
because a lot of the stuff that's not great in it, it just needed more time. Like the AI driving system and, you know, just the way certain little bugs happen to where some smaller decisions were completely forgotten about. Yeah. And they just assumed you did something else. Um, that's like a, that's a bug in there. That's, that's not so much, um, that's something that could be easily fixed and may get fixed in these next two bugs. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those games that it it, it felt to me like Fallout 4 after the hype, um, you know, from, you know, how New Vegas and 3 were. And then you got to it and it was like, ah, it's fine. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't earth shattering. It was was good. I would say if we're giving it a number, it's probably a seven and a half, eight for Cyberpunk. Yeah, I um, I feel like that's fair. I feel like most people who are uh, giving it a score have given it something similar. Yeah, they were some were giving it nines and tens because you know maybe you they had better experiences. The you can't give no you can't yeah. give the game a ten. There's no, no. there's there's no way. I could see at the most a nine. Yeah, if you know, but yeah, eight is probably best. But um. My my biggest gripe with the game right now is the um the cho- the the dialogue choices. It's got the fi- the Fallout Four thing where it puts something on the screen that it'll say, and then it says something completely different. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> I hate I sort of got the gist of what they were doing after a while. You know, I I played sixty six hours, so yeah. Like, I hated that in Fallout 4, but I, like, the, it, just because, like, you think he's going to go one, you think the character's going to go one way with it, and then they totally, like, you think it's going to be a joke that they're saying, and then they're very serious about it, or or something similar. It's just, that's my biggest problem so far. I'm only, like, eight hours in, so. Yeah, and the, uh. I haven't really gotten into the the meat of it yet. Yeah, and and the big thing with, um in terms of the dialogue is just remembering the difference between the blue and the yellow. Um, you know, blue doesn't end the conversation. Some yellows do. Yeah. Um, so if you want to ask blue questions, do those before you click anything yellow. Um, yeah. I've watched some streamers and they just don't realize that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a it's game. Completely fine. It's, it's yeah. I mean, some people got way too overhyped with this. And well, it's, anything. it's just like anything else. You know, very few games, we may talk about them, one of them today, um, ever truly at least satisfy that hype. Um, you know, and that's just, and that even had some, you know, things with it that could have been better. I, but, I just, this is always the case with the internet and when things are, they, they should have never even said that it was coming out for two years or more than after they did because they said it was coming out they announced it in what 2012 or something yes they should never have even come close to announcing this game until you know maybe maybe 2016 just the mere time that they had that people had to think about the game and hype it up in their heads it it causes a big problem and then a lot of people are are used car salesmen so they're going to hype up you know the uh um what's called um you know, the they go, oh, it's going to be your choices matter or whatever, you know, dumb thing that every game has said. And people go, oh, it's, it's true, you see, and then things, you know, and it just builds up this game. I think the best thing was with Fall, what Bethesda did with Fallout 4. 
they announced it in June, released it in November. Yeah, you gotta, mm. you can't. <laughs> the, the the hype machine kills a lot of games. It happened to No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where people just made up in their heads what you're gonna get to do in the game, and then all of a sudden it was fact. And the guy's like, no, that's not what the game is. And then he had to make it that game after yeah. the fact. Yeah. I felt it's bad for like, Sean Murray. Yeah. Uh, Jen, did you get to make your character at least? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, I only spent about 45 minutes making my character. <laughs> it's like a new record. It really is. It's only because we went through it on stream, I think. So I didn't spend as much time like, oh, and you could do this and you could do this. And like, let me see if I can go back. ESO, though, is a totally different story. Uh, I've spent way too much time in that. For I don't even know why, but um, I've spent 10 hours playing the game so far, and I've only played it yesterday. Wow. So <laughs> I played you've it for already almost... pa- You've already passed me, and I've had the game for two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know if we were going to do like a big review on it or not, um, but I definitely got past the title screen. Um I'm enjoying it. I think what Mark said is totally like it hits the nail on the head for me, too. It's it's fine. Like, it's good. It's fine. It's not. And like you said, you know, the hype train did definitely hype it up way more than, you know, the game is deserving of, which stinks because I think the game suffers because of that. Um, But it's fine. It's it's basically there's a lot more story to it than I feel like or depth to the story than um, Grand Theft Auto has. But it's basically GTA to me. Um. And maybe I'll yeah. get some heat for that. I don't know. But oh, I haven't yeah. gotten like I, super far into the story yet to really see if there's a, a huge difference. It's a fair assessment. I'd say it's GTA mixed with uh, like Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, but it's yeah. good. I like it. It's fine. Yeah. So um, when should we expect the Judy Alvarez cosplay? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had a feeling that's who you were talking about. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see if, you know, conventions ever open back up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's only there's a bunch of of characters in this game that are really good. Um, Judy was my waifu. Um, of course. And so um, which I didn't find out that. Um, and this is all over the Internet. so not a spoiler. Um, and maybe helping out some people out there before they get their hopes up. Um, she is full out a lesbian. So really? if you have male V, <laughs> you're screwed. Don't, don't bother. You, I mean, you can still do her <laughs> missions and stuff like that, but don't get your hopes up. Yeah. This isn't like, you know, anything. Um, there's only, I think, two bi characters in the game. Um, there's a straight male, straight um, straight male, um, straight female, um, Judy um, being the lesbian. And I don't know if there's a male gay relationship. To there has to be. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a bi person, but I didn't I had gotten into my head that Judy was my girl. I, me and Judy, you know, we, we made it official. And then anybody else that tried the romance is like, nope, nope, we're friends. <laughs> no, no. So, so I don't know. Nope. And Tom, you maybe can find that out if you start getting romance options for one of any of the male characters. Um, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> for But there's only one I can think of, but I won't spoil it for you. Um, okay. it is. But, you know, Judy and Pan Am are the two that have been out there. Um you know, of, of characters that have, you know, captured the Internet's heart. And, you know, um, it's just funny to f- play a game, um, which we'll get to with another game later, um, that didn't do motion capture. So, you know, um, the characters in the game don't look like the voice actors. So it was weird 
because it's one of the first games in a while that has had, you know, uh, you know, big open world stuff where they didn't mocap. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows that it started in 2012, you know. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, they the, the character designs are great, um, mm-hmm. at least for the main cast. Um, there's a lot of twins on the street, if you, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, I Thankfully, playing on the high-end PC, I was able to get crowds at maximum. Um, so I got to see how crowded it is. It's probably a lot more empty in Tom's game. Um, yeah, there's nobody on the street in my game. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm half debating just buying it on PC and yeah. starting over because I'm yeah. not that far in. Yeah. And I could yeah. probably mainline through the, the beginning. Six yeah. hours at most for the yeah. beginning. Um, and uh, yeah. And the, the only thing that there's a bunch of things that happen, but the only thing that's within the time period you guys are in is I really want to kill the opening fixer and was sort of upset that it, we didn't get that opportunity. Uh, yeah. It, it's no matter what you did, it was always going to end up where it yeah. did, right? Yeah. <laughs> Without, like, yeah, getting spoilers. Yeah, that's the story. It's basically yeah, the was, first eight hours or a tutorial. Yeah. He was a pretty big douchebag. He yeah. really was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was very annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a couple There's a couple stories in there where um, it might be a bad outcome, but I'll, I'll let you know that there's, most of the time, there's no way to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um most, I would say a good 75% of the stories, you sort of have a hand in the outcome, but some of them are some meant to propel to propel another story. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I recommend it for people um, that, if, for those that don't have a, a good PC right now, just wait. It, it, it's a good enough game to get. You'll probably get it at a half price by the time everything's updated, mm-hmm. you know, on console. Um, uh, and... You know, it, it's worth playing. I mean, it probably won't end up on the list we're doing later, um, just because um, it, it, was, it would hover around the fifth slot for me. Um, I just finished, so I couldn't really set it in, but it's definitely not in the top three. So, okay. but yeah, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Um, just as long as you go in not expecting it to be more than it is, you will have a good time. But if you expect it to be this world-changing, like earth-shattering video game, you will be disappointed. Sky High Expectations will do that. Uh, is is that all you've been playing? You're still playing. Uh, I did a um, I did a New Year's Eve uh, set on Fuser. Um, so I played <laughs> some Fuser. <laughs> you uh, had the number one fan in the chat. I saw. Mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Somebody named Roxy Foxy. Yeah, um, <laughs> they were jamming out while making Zeppelins. <laughs> yeah. The um, yeah. The only other thing is besides stuff that we play on stream all the time. Um, I played some Phasmophobia with my nieces over I Christmas. I noticed that, yep. Um, She's not happy, Mark. She's not happy you didn't play with her. <laughs> it was, and uh, we didn't really play, to be honest. It was literally more, uh, she didn't want, she didn't even want to enter the house, my niece, <laughs> um, despite it being, we were doing one player. So I was like, no, you have to enter. That's how, no, I don't want to do it. No. <laughs> you should have, you should have called me and I would have jumped on and then we could have had two of us. <laughs> yeah. So, um. We, uh, you know, then I took over controls and then they were just, you know, going, no, what are you doing? Get in there. Ah!" The EMF thing went to five and they got upset. They were hearing, (laughs) what are you doing going in the basement? Don't go. You know, and they were they were basically like people watching a scary movie. Um, (laughs) And then we got out because I'm so low leveled. Uh, The the thing I was only able to do one of the things on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, And it asked me to. um you know, do something with a crucifix and K 
candles or something else, and I didn't have any of that. Um, so we got the EMF reader, and we took a guess, and we're wrong, but they, they were really scared by it. Um, yeah. Then we, then we tried to play Dead by Daylight. I played one thing, and it crashed um, on me at the end. Uh, but apparently my they they know all about the game. Um, I guess it's on TikTok and things like that. <laughs> Phasmophobia. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. That's about the only other thing I've been playing. I've been trying to get Cyberpunk done just because um, I got a whole lot. Even though I'm off next week, um, I got a whole lot of things to do for Stranger Damies, and I didn't want the draw of this game mm-hmm. um, to to get in the way. So. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, have you guys been playing anything else? Uh, well, it's gonna be short for me because I have yeah. I've haven't really played a whole lot. <laughs> Same. It's been crazy, but I've obviously been keeping up with my Suikoden playthrough. I think I I kind of got after I played Castlevania. I didn't want to play anything else because I was so not happy with video <laughs> games at that point. <laughs> So that's kind of we'll get to that later, but mm-hmm. that's kind of where where my headspace was at. <laughs> so I played a little cyberpunk and I got to the opening screen and a little past that. But that's about it. How about you, Jen? Um, most of the same games that I've been talking about. Um, Dead by Daylight, still doing a lot of grinding. I'm trying. It's probably not going to happen, but I've been trying to hit red ranks before the ranks reset on the 13th, just so I don't go all the way back again. Um, I've been playing with Mark a lot on stream and then with Leah, um, on stream and off stream. She is, uh, lady underscore Rose 13. If anyone wants to check her out, if you're a fan of the game, watching live streams, she's really fun to watch. Um, but nothing really new dead by daylight wise. Um, still playing Phasmo. I'm gradually getting braver and I can definitely attribute that to watching streamers play through it. Cause I've been picking up on a lot of strategies. The mm-hmm. game seems super simple when you first, you know, look at it for what it seems to be. But there's there's a lot of strategy to it, and I never would have imagined it. Um, but there's, like, little things that you can do that saves you time, and um, just learning about the different ghosts and their nuances and how it basically boosts your chance of surviving and getting all of the objectives done on the list. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to play solo, though, because when you're going into a house with a group of other people, there's a chance that you're not going to be the one that winds up getting hunted. Where when you're solo, you are the only one that will be hunted. So it's definitely difficult. And then I'm like playing on smaller maps because I don't want to pick a huge map. Um, So then there's like less places to hide. And if the ghost starts hunting, then like you have less time to even run away sort of Mm. thing. So it's it's hard, but um, still scary. But I haven't been having nightmares about it. So that's a good thing. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mark, if your if your nieces ever want to play Phasmo, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll double team it. We'll we'll go in together, and if they're scared, they could do they could be like my recon in the van. Maybe they'll like that. <laughs> I'll be scared, but it's fine. I'll pretend like I'm not. Um, uh, Warzone, obviously, I've been playing that. I played it a little bit off stream as well, but um, usually I just play that on stream because I have the most fun with it when I'm playing with you guys. Um, yeah, I don't enjoy Call of Duty by myself anymore like i used to be able to just log in and play call of duty and i just can't yeah. do that anymore yeah we have um we got cold war a friend of ours got us cold war for christmas so dan's mainly been playing that um i heard though that nuketown is in it i haven't played on nuketown yet but that was one of my favorite maps in uh, black ops so i'm kind of excited i might i might try that but i feel like nuketown's been in every call of duty since black ops one 
or, or every Black Ops at least. I feel like they put it in somewhere. Several. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so yeah, nothing new there. Cyberpunk. I know we just talked about that. Um, I did want to mention I've only come across a few bugs because I know that's like the hot topic with Cyberpunk. Um, I'm trying to think without giving away spoilers. We picked up a relic in a suitcase, my friend and I. So my friend walks out first and I walk out behind him and he's gone when I walk through the door. But the relic suitcase is sitting on the on the floor and just in the middle of an empty hallway. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> so then I walk <laughs> back into his, the room. You can say his name. He was in <laughs> trailers and stuff. OK, yeah. so I walk back into the room, come back out and it's gone. And I was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> like stupid little like Skyrim level glitches, which are just hilarious. Like the trees, if you drive or even run too fast down the street, the trees can't like render fast enough yet so they kind of look like bonsai trees and then when you slow down they like pop up like regular trees <laughs> um the only one that was actually a, a serious bug for me that really irritated me was um during the end of the beginning uh when things are chasing you and you're supposed to be shooting them out of the sky yeah for some reason they were in front of us so i couldn't oh, like shoot them yeah, like, it was so weird. They and started have, first or something? Yeah, they started first, and it did it twice in a row. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, please tell me that I'm going to be able to get past this. Because if I can, I can't play the game. So then the third time it worked. But I was like, that could have been a serious issue. Um, oh, and then uh, there was a dead body that flew out of a trunk. <laughs> and it was all crippled on the ground. And it was really <laughs> it was really not cool because of the person it was. And it made me sad. Um, but yeah, other than that. No, no crazy bugs. The game is going well. The streets are crowded. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 fine. It's going well so far. Nice. Uh, and then I've been playing ESO dangerously at this point. It can yeah, be blamed on my cousin Bex for introducing me <laughs> to their guild because <laughs> it was all downhill for me from there. Because I'm like, well, if I want to play with her, like their friends who are are better than me, then I have to start really grinding and level up because I can't do these dungeon crawls when I'm like level four. And they're like level 800. So I'm like, let me let me try to play. And I think now I'm level 12. And it's been taking me quite a while. I think I have like 34 hours in the game. And most of that has been recent. So I don't know. I'm still stressed about all the side quests that I have opened. <laughs> but I'm trying to get through everything. Um, yeah, that's something that happens to me in like Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Like when it opens up and all of a sudden you have 9,000 things on your map. Yeah, because you accidentally... Uh, picked up a piece of paper and now it's like starting side quest and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) you you feel completely obligated to do it yeah well i think i mentioned this on stream recently um i was playing eso and a dog ran up to me and it had like the little symbol over its head like it had a side quest so i'm like well i can't say no to this dog it's so cute (laughs) i'm like how like what kind of side quest could this be it's probably some minor little thing Turns out it's like a major side quest of that town. I'm like, of course, <laughs> of course they gave it to the dog to start <laughs> you off. Because how many people are gonna say no? Screw you, dog, get out of here. So I'm like, ugh. So now that's they, like a major thing that I have to deal with. It's like involving the king and like there's like assassins. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but that's really all I've been playing aside from our retro roulette game, which we'll talk oh about later. <laughs> yeah. I- so ready to get that over with um all right so <laughs> since it's uh this is a video game podcast and every video game outlet does this we're gonna do our games of the year we're gonna do it a little different though we're gonna do our top three games of the year uh that came out this year then we're gonna do our favorite game that we played this year and 
finish up with our retro roulette game of the year because there's been some doozies. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Where should we start? Let's let's go with our favorite game we played this year first. That didn't have to be from 2020. It just had to be a game you played that you really enjoyed. Um, I'm gonna start because okay. I, I I feel like talking about this game. Uh, it's a game we just played on stream. Among Us. Among ah. Us is um, Among Us has been on everybody's game of the year list, and it's not fair because the game came out two years ago. Yeah. So it's cheating. So <laughs> I had to do it this way to get it on here. Um, Among Us is a very good game for parties or especially right now it's a perfect game for right now because people can't be together and this game allows you get allows you to be uh in a party with people that you like or some randos whichever way you want to play it and uh just have some fun it's a fun it's a fun virtual party game if that makes sense um and it actually involves a lot of strategy because for the for anybody out there who doesn't know what among us is there you're a weird character with no arms in space <laughs> and there's there can be up to 12 people and there's an imposter among you who is going around and killing all of the crew members on this spaceship um so you're either a crew member or you're the imposter and you have to try to kill people or find the killer uh and there's random things you can do throughout the game to aid you in those things you as a crew member you're tasked with doing certain things uh, to make sure the ship doesn't fall apart. And you're also trying to keep your eye on other people at the same time. Um, this is kind of like, what was the, there was like terrorist hunt or something in uh, one of the old uh, Counter-Strike games. It's kind of similar, but uh, I, I highly recommend playing this game. It's one of my favorite games I've played this year, just for the mere fact that I had so much fun playing with other people. Generally, I haven't had many multiplayer experiences that have been this fun. So, if you have a group of four or more, I highly recommend going and playing this game. Yeah, so it's it, it's kind of like um, there's a Jackbox game that was similar to this. It actually is pretty bad, mm. but um, you know, it's it. it I, I agree. Um, I think it's best done when everybody's on mic, um, mm-hmm. just because it the arguing is a lot better by mic than text. Yeah. <laughs> as we found yeah. out playing it with somebody that was not on microphone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much better when you can talk to people for sure. Yeah, because then you can you can ask them questions. It, right. it led to one of my favorite memes of the year, which was they did a uh, somebody did an edit back and forth inside the um, uh, Phoenix Wright universe with the going back and forth. Um, <laughs> yep. Between and it's really good with the with the like tapping paper and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the objection and the, all that stuff. It was real good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I think they they it was the right time, right place, you know, with the pandemic. So I I agree with you. I wish we play it more, um, you know, even not on stream or anything. But we do so much here. When when is that time? Yeah, it's it's hard <laughs> yeah. to find, it's hard to find that time when we're playing all kinds of other stuff and you know getting getting content together. So it's hard to hard to not hard to have time to play a game for fun as dumb as that sounds i know people are probably <laughs> sick of hearing that on po- like video game podcasts but it's true it's really true yeah jen any yeah. thoughts on among us uh i didn't have any interest in playing the game honestly when it first um blew up 
because everyone discovered Discord works way better, like you guys were saying. I don't know. It just didn't. Sometimes I think when, um, and this might sound really dumb, when big streamers and cosplayers and like whoever in the community, these big people, all of a sudden everyone jumps on it at the same time. It kind of like turns me off from it a little bit. So I'm like, eh, it's super mainstream now. I don't know if I want to try it. I don't Jen's know. That a video sounds game, really dumb. Jen's a video game hipster. I guess. <laughs> but then I'm playing cyberpunk for 10 hours yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't understand exactly. I knew what it was. I didn't understand exactly what it was. So I was like, eh, whatever. But then I just kept hearing more things about it, and I caught a smaller streamer playing it, and it just seemed like everyone was having a lot of fun, and they were on Discord. So I was like, you know what, we should, you know, try to try to play that sometime as a group because Jackbox always goes so well for us. So I was very pleasantly surprised and had a ton of fun, and I was never the imposter, not even once, but <laughs> I was I was a suspect many times, and I told Mark well, you, before we played, you, you, were, you were being a creep, so <laughs> I was. <laughs> I started out doing it just to scare you because I got murdered so many times. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to freak him out. But then I'm like, well, no, actually, I want to stay with somebody so I don't get murdered again. But then he wound up running to the to the middle and like blaming me <laughs> or saying that I was the murderer. It was just it's so fun because you get to like you said on Discord, you get to defend yourself and or attempt to defend yourself and argue with people. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's definitely to me. It would be more fun to play with friends than random people because that's just how I am. But oh, it is a really fun time. I liked it a lot. I hope that we play it more going forward. Honestly. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to figure out if we can do it like Sunday nights or Saturday nights or something. Just when we want to hang out and not feel like yeah. we need to play a super strenuous game. Yeah, definitely. All right, um, Jen. How about you? What was your favorite game that you played? Uh, so I had to do this because this is the first time that I've played a game so much on two different console, well, PC and console, and I've racked up about, I can't count the PS4 ones for some reason right now, but I'm going to say about 500 to 600 hours in this game. Wow. So I'd be cheating myself if I didn't say Dead by Daylight. <laughs> um, and I'm sure everyone is so sick of hearing me talk about it at this point, but it is just, I'll keep it short. It is... A great game to me. Um, they're always doing updates. They're coming out with new killers and survivors, new challenges. The rank resets, even though they're frustrating, it keeps things interesting and challenging. Um, it's just, it's a different kind of game. It's it's unique still, and I love it. And for some reason, I am super into it still. Um, I fell off of it a little bit when we were moving, just because I think I had a lot going on and I couldn't really dedicate a lot of time to it, but... I've spent this entire year playing Dead by Daylight, which I, even with Skyrim, I don't think I've, I mean, I played Skyrim a lot, but I don't think I had consistently played Skyrim for like the course of an entire year. So I think this is probably the most hours I've logged into a video game ever. I'm pretty yeah, sure. It's, it's hard to find a game that you want to play that much. Yeah. And consistently on stream and all, it's just, it was definitely my top game of the year by far. Awesome. And and Mark has joined you almost all the yeah. time. Yeah, which I super appreciate. And you've gotten really good at it too, Mark. Yeah. And As I was going to say, that that would have probably been my number one too in terms of, of non-2020 favorite games um, that I played. I got sucked into it. It's a lot of fun. I have more fun just being on Discord and, and bullshitting around mm -hmm. um, with you guys um, than if I would have played the game alone. Yeah. Um, I think I like that that camaraderie and stuff more than 
Um, that's probably why I never played it outside. Oh, excuse me. Outside of, um, you know, the streams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's a game I got really into um, uh, for, uh, you know, just first time I really got into a uh, online game, um, you know, playing playing with other playing friends over the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, Warzone is another one. But yeah, th- this one's definitely top of my list. Um, and I know I know I know Tom's got so many thoughts about Dead by Daylight. He plays <laughs> yeah. it all the time. <laughs> I do watch you guys play. Yeah, but which I appreciate. I I don't think I would be any good at playing it myself. Fair enough. One of us um dressed up for Halloween as a Dead by Daylight character. Yeah, yes, they did. So that just goes fantastic. To show. They did. They did. <laughs> so much so that uh, one of our friends' wives thought it was my real hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tribute to the person that cut that wig too. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I took, the, I, 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 took, I took the wig off, and she was like, oh, that wasn't your real hair? <laughs> That's great. So, That's um, so so is that your top game of 2020 as well, no, Mark? No, I'll okay. go with, with, with be my number two. Um, is I'm having a lot of fun with Trails in the Sky. Um, it's 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 a kind of RPG I like in that um, it's, it's not overly complicated in terms of systems. Like, I basically think I have it down. Um, uh, I think I'm slightly underleveled, which makes the battles a lot harder than they should be. Um, which, by the way, don't get too overleveled in Cyberpunk. Makes the end battle basically meaningless. Um, I, Mark, I like doing that. I want, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be super overpowered in the, at the end. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but my favorite thing about that Trails in the Sky is that the story is good. But also has because it's all text and not much. Um, I don't. Even, there's no voice. Um, I mean, the know. game is 15 years old. Yeah, but you can you can sort of. Um, well, some of those games back then had like half speech, half not. Um, in some cases, which always bothers me. I think Yakuza is a lot like that. Um, but you know, the fact of having Jano on the stream and coming up with our own stories, and then that we have our own lore that even guests that come on the stream know about. Yep. Um, that pop into the chat. That's um, a great achievement, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did a real good job with that. But I actually <laughs> love where the story's going. It's been a lot of fun to play. I like that we can space it out. Um, so, or else this would have been like a cyberpunk thing where I would have played hours upon hours. You know, just the, just one more. I'll just do one more thing. Yeah. Um, I think I would have done a lot more of the side quests if we weren't on stream. Um, because some of them probably require me to look up um, to see exactly what they want me to do. Because um, the the on-screen um, notifications are not great because it's a 15-year-old game. Um, so I think I had to look it up once because we were just doing a side quest stream. And I had no idea where this enemy I was supposed to fight was. I like walked back and forth on the map like four times. And here I just had to go like south uh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that's... I feel like that's sometimes the only issue with playing a game on stream is you you will miss things that you would normally see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, but I've had a lot of fun with it. It's my favorite non-2020 game that I've played a lot of um, in terms of Dead by Daylight is my favorite communal game. You know, getting Dan roped in and now playing with Leah and, yeah. uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun um, doing all that. That stuff, but in, in terms of games that are just mine, that you know, and I'm glad I'm not shouting into the void like I did with my Wild Arms playthrough. Um, 
which is nobody's fault. We I had no idea how to stream back then, so um, <laughs> none of us did. I don't think anybody uh, yeah. did. Any, none yeah. of us had, a, had yeah. an idea. Nope. Yeah, so, you know, it's fun to have someone there, which is why we even take breaks and stuff when Jen can't be there or I can't do it, you know, instead of just pushing through. Um, because I, I've come to, like, having at least one person in the chat. Um, yeah, so that's my favorite non-2020 game. Awesome. All right, let's uh, let's go to the, the meat the meat of the, <laughs> of the podcast. We'll go to our games of the year. Uh, now, we each picked our top three games of the year. Uh, I imagine we'll go round table style. Um, I do have one or two honorable mentions. Oh, that's that cute. <laughs> Mark has about 50. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mark, Mark sent us a list of all the games he's played in 2020, and it puts me and any probably anybody else who plays video games to shame when you see the amount of gaming he's done this year. Yeah, I, I, will, I will read them all off, too. Just, just to give you an idea. All right. Uh, let's see. I guess we'll go three to one. Um, sure. Jen, you want to start? Yeah. And I have a question before I say my number three. Sure. Um, if a game has been out for a year or two, but has come out with multiple expansions of this year, which is the reason why I started playing it, does that count as I'll a 2020? It. Okay. Good. Because uh, my... I was, I was one of my honorable mentions is, is an expansion. So. Okay. Um, I went with, so top three, my third would be ESO, the Greymore expansion. Um, so this I believe is the most recent major expansion the game came out with, and it is the one that I started playing. So that's why I'm including it in my top three. Um, starting out playing this game, I didn't feel the Skyrim charm as I did from Skyrim. Uh, but I pretty quickly got wrapped up in the game, um, the tutorial that you start with, you can skip it or you can go through it. I would definitely recommend going through it. It really um, gets you into the story pretty quickly. Um, it pairs you up with, I would say within the first hour or so, you get paired up with two main characters who accompany you through different challenges and you're learning the controls. I play this on mouse and keyboard, which I really enjoy. Um, I, that's actually been a side uh, like goal for myself when I'm playing on PC, I'm really <laughs> trying to use the mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, there's some um, games where you just can't, but I feel like yeah. in like an MMO like that, you kind of need to use mouse and keyboard. Yeah, yeah, and it's been working really well. And same for Warzone, also. I'll say that. Um, but it's it's a really great game. There's a ton of story. There's a ton of character customization. It brings me back to my Warcraft days. But luckily for me, so far, I think part of it's because my computer is in the basement and I don't sleep in the basement. Um, and part of it's just because, you know, I'm learning to like play other games at the same time, but I'm not super obsessed with it to the point where I like can't stop playing it. Like I was with Warcraft where I would like, be, you should just be happy. It's not on your switch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that was a problem with a couple other games that I had <laughs> that I'd played this year where it was on the switch. So it could come with me wherever I went, which was dangerous. But um, I'm really enjoying ESO. The leveling is kind of difficult, um, but it's a good challenge. You can, you know, play with your friends if you have friends that play. Um, like I said before, my cousin Bex plays. So, you know, it's fun playing with them and, and their friends. Uh, it's just, it's fun. You get to, if you want to spend real life money on the game, you can, but you can't really like buy your way through the game, which I appreciate. Um, it's got a good, really great soundtrack. If you're into that, the graphics look really good. I haven't really seen any crazy glitches or bugs or anything like that, which I know Skyrim, again, is synonymous for at times. 
Um, and it still has uh, Western Skyrim. You can go through that. There's still dragons. I haven't come across any yet, but I've heard talk of them from other people. <laughs> um, it's just a huge game. And my cousin, I believe, is level, I think they said they're 810, I want to say. So, wow. yeah. And and most of the people in the guild that I'm in are 500 and up. So, yeah. Just for reference, what level are you? 14. Oh, no, I'm 12. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's there's so many people that put so much time into this game. And that's another reason why I think I was like, all right, I need to put more time into trying to see if I can get into this, because there's obviously something that people like about this game. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I while I like I said before, I don't like a million side quests. You can kind of start things. You can abandon things if you want, which I don't like doing either. But you can kind of carve your own path. Um, you still, you know, open world can go exploring wherever you want for the most part. You can't cheat and climb over an entire mountain, which Skyrim <laughs> would let you do if you found the right spot. I was going to say, you, game... had to, you, had, you had to kind of glitch yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to do in Skyrim. Um, but yeah, you got to you gotta stick to the roads. You know, there's a lot more enemies that can attack you. Enemies respawn really quickly because it's a MMO. So, like, if you stay in one spot and you look in your inventory and you take maybe two or three minutes, you're going to get your ass kicked because that enemy, even though their dead body is next to you, they're alive again next to their dead body and then they're kicking your ass. So it's fun. I uh, That's why I wanted to put it in my top three. Again, I know it's a little bit kind of cheating, but the Greymoor mm. expansion was what got me into it. And I am a necromancer, which mm. I believe was part of the Greymoor expansion with like vampires and stuff. So if you're into that, go check it out. But beware you may get hooked and not have any free time anymore. <laughs> As is the case with most most yes. MMOs. Yes. Mark, how about you? All Number right. Three. Um, if you've listened to this podcast, you can probably figure out what my top two are. Um, number three is the one that is a mystery. Um, so um, since since we're going number three and not doing our honorable mentions. Um, we'll do uh, those last. Yeah. Okay. All right, Tom. So uh, you might want to cover your ears. Um, <laughs> my, my number three is Fuser. Um, I, uh, I bought this game on a whim after seeing a little bit of it and I, I got obsessed with it to where I'm buying DLC songs and stuff like that. And I did a 45 minute stream of just playing music and not talking much, um, <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Um, so yeah, I it showed my nieces. She liked it a lot. She, she obviously not going through the tutorial stuff like I did was a little confused by some things. So I tried to keep it, um, on there, but. I've always liked um, the idea of, uh, you know, I have a, you know, just a microphone and stand here to blow off some steam. I sing in rock band, you know, and this is just the non voice hurting version of that to where I can just <laughs> sit down and do this. And I found a way to glitch experience points, which is amazing. Um, all you got to do is record a thing for 64 segments. They have another name, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, what they call sequence, I think, or something. Okay. Um, so, um, and you do that, and you get 640 experience points, and you could just literally let one set run for those 64. See, you know, you don't even have to play the game. You just let it run until the recording's done, hit, and then 640 experience points. Um, but yeah, I guess they're, I guess they're supposed to be encouraging you to record and, you know, um, share it with people and you know, be interactive like that. I tried to do the, you know, co-op um, freestyle, but that 
the two times I did it, the people weren't having fun with it. Um, like I was the only one doing the request and things that you can do during the co-op. Um, so, um, but outside of that, I still love the game a lot. I'm probably going to be playing it for a long time and probably ir- irresponsibly buying DLC as <laughs> I did with Rock Band 4 um, for a game that probably will never be more than me playing it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why it's my number three. I wasn't expecting it to be there um, when I first played it, but um, I am a guy that had all those uh, MTV games uh was it uh like music making games back on the ps1 ps2 mm-hmm. um but have no real musical talent so i was pretty terrible at those games <laughs> um i really wish that that memory card didn't corrupt my sister actually made a good song because she does have she plays guitar and stuff so you know she has the musical ear um to just see what that sounds like now um with all this new technology um but yeah yeah, it's fun. I recommend anyone that just likes to has any aspirations to be a DJ, but isn't really coordinated or good enough to do the turntables and all that um, stuff. It's a real good way to kind of get that feeling where you click a button and the song starts and you, you know, you start rocking out to it um, as though you set the the turntables like around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I know you joined the NYE stream. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. That stream. It, it was. It's. A, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to just like be a DJ without having to buy all the equipment mm-hmm. doing playing this game. I think that's a pretty cool idea. DJ Hero kind of kind of went there, but at the same time, it was a money grab and made you buy another controller and all that other crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is a much better way for people to get into it yeah and, and real fast before i get uh jen's full opinion the uh the one weakness is is that it doesn't play the full song um it will repeat um because you're supposed to be changing everything around mm-hmm. um so you can't just sit it and just listen if you want to just listen to uh take on me by aha <laughs> it's not going to play the full song gotcha. um, but yeah so and the other and the thing that translates into is you start getting to know where on the scale things change or things come in like i figured out where that um which i played it a lot if you listen um the part in bad guy um where it makes that i can't make the sound but (laughs) if you listen to that song you know the sound i'm talking about um it happens at a certain point i know to drop that thing at that point and it you know pops in or the only the first half of the scale is where the uh, horns from push it play or the violin Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and, and things like that so it, by having just just a short sample of the song, it sort of allows you to um, uh, kind of kind of figure out how to do it and make your mixes a little better in that sense. That you don't have to worry about a full four minute song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um the first time that I heard you or heard the game because you were playing it was I think after our Thanksgiving Eve stream. Yeah, I want to say when you were actually here um, and you were playing it and we were just like cleaning up our stuff before you left and both Dan and I were like, Oh, I remember that song. Oh, I remember that song. And it just has so many good songs that you kind of forgot about from like your clubbing days that are sadly over cause you're old. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh man, I miss all these songs. I miss, you know, going out, you know, being a human. So like, this is really cool. And listening to you do it on new year's Eve, it was perfect because you know, nobody's really going anywhere. And these songs were exactly what a good DJ would be playing if you were going out to a club. 
And you want to be reminiscing about your favorite songs from, you know, when you were younger. So I think it's a really cool game. I've never played it. I can imagine it being pretty difficult to learn how to play. Um, because I know you were saying that it was it grades you on like the decisions that you make on how well things mesh together. Yeah, if you, if you yeah, if you go through the story, it does that. But on freestyle, it doesn't really matter. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good then that it gives you that option that you can just restyle yeah. it. But that's something that I think I would be into messing around with. I think my brother would be super into that game because he used to actually make his own music back in the day. So I think he'd be interested in that. And Tom, has your brother tried it as well? He has not, but I would imagine he'd be into it because he also makes his own music. Uh, yeah. Shameless plug, Lavalette on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so far, the, it's very impressive. Impressed yeah. with that game for not playing it. Yeah, the only other thing limited to it is that you're only limited to 30 songs when you go out for a set, um, even though you have more. Mm. So there are times when I want to bring certain songs along, but like, ah, do I really? Mm. Um, you know, I kept a lot. Of, I kept it a lot old school um, for the New Year's Eve stream. Um, like, there's a um, couple of go-to's in the beginning that I don't really know that are dance and dance songs that just have good beats with them that, you know, run work with anything. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I have all these new songs I don't know about and some even older hip hop songs that, um, you know, I couldn't bring along because the set I brought was pretty good mix of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish they just let you have your full, when you're in freestyle, you just have all of your songs. Yeah. Um, they would oh. make it a little hectic, but I think that's what freestyle should be. Yeah. I would agree. Awesome. All right. I guess uh, I'll go to my number three, which I'm surprised no one has talked about yet. And that's Streets of Rage 4. Uh, being a retro gamer, Streets of Streets of Rage is a, is one of my favorite series. It's one, I would argue, the best of the beat-em-up genre. Uh, many people would, would fight me on that. No pun <laughs> intended. Uh, the Streets of Rage um, final fight debate has always gone back and forth, but... Then, then you have those River City Ransom weirdos. Yeah, then the, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people like that game, but I do too. I, I like I like it too, but it's not like Streets of Rage. The music itself, I think, is what what yeah. wins me over, which is a very big part of Streets of Rage Four. Uh, it continues that Yuzo Koshiro style music and kind of puts a a new spin on it, a new sp- new slash old spin on it. If that makes any sense. Um, the art style is interesting. It's not something I would have expected. It's kind of a... It, I forget. Is it WayForward that did this game? I, I want to say. I think so. The same people that did, like... Um, oh, it's going to bother me now. Oh, crap. They did the Shantae games, I think. I want to say. Shantae and Half Genie Hero and all that stuff. But it's a very different art style from what Streets of Rage technically is. Streets of Rage isn't that cartoony normally, but they kind of went that route for this. Um, but overall, like the gameplay is very good. It's very, very reminiscent of the originals. The controls are easy to understand. There's not, you know, there's, there's a normal attack, a strong attack, and your, like your special attack that takes away life, which I still never understood in any beat em up, but it's in every beat em up for some reason. Um, it's not too long. I was able to beat it over the course of a couple of days. I played it on easy mode, but that's because I wanted to get through it and see this. The story is somewhat okay for a beat 'em up. Um, it kind of plays on Streets of Rage three and Mr. X. So you're you're fighting his his kids, 
Mr. and Ms. Y, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and I like the fact that they threw in old characters. Like you can play as Adam, who is from Streets of Rage three, also. And they have the they have a couple other original characters like Skate and other characters like that to show up in the game. You can unlock them. Um, it's also on Game Pass, which makes it that much cooler that if you have Game Pass, you can just download this game and play it if you want to. On top of it being somewhat cheap to begin with, it was it was not a forty or fifty dollar game. I want to say it was like thirty, thirty five maybe. But it's uh, definitely hit that nostalgia button for me. And uh, Mark played it on stream, so I'm I don't know if we were I don't remember if we were doing if we were doing YouTube at that time. So we may or may not have it on a VOD somewhere. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I would highly recommend it if you are a beat 'em up fan. Just uh, clarifications. It's not way forward. Um, it seems like it's uh, Lizard Cube and Guard Crush Games and Dotemu. Oh, Dot Emu. Okay, dot yeah, emu. that makes yeah that that's that makes sense. I actually know Dot Emu, but reading it in text does not make it look like it's Dot Emu. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those weird things that doesn't make sense until you hear somebody else say <laughs> yeah I, I i always thought dot emu would have been like the period emu and not dot emu to make it look like one word anyway um yeah so i really like the game as well i'm i'm a huge um despite not being any good at them i really like beat them up in brawlers um i played way too much of um maximum carnage the spider-man game um and you know streets of rage and I beat the uh, Scott Pilgrim game multiple times and River City Ransom and, um, you know, just this game was everything you want from those games. Um, And I'm glad that they put it on, um, gave you an easy mode um, so that you you, if you wanted to see just the end, you know, you you could. Um, It was still the the bosses were still a little challenging um, in some places, but not greatly. Um, one of them you could cheese a little bit. I forget which one it is. Um, you can basically get them trapped in a corner and just, just beat the crap out of them. Um, because on easy, they're not as aggressive. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game. I played through the whole, um, I think it was the Alex, uh, campaign on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and had a lot of fun. Um, you know, it wasn't boring. The music is amazing. You can do retro or new music, um, with it. Um, so yeah, I love those options in games. Um, I know it's a lot of development to do it, but I like, it's one of the things I like about, um, you know, Master Chief Collection, when you play through the single players, you can swap between the updated and original graphics. Um, so just having an option to do some kind of nostalgia play at some point, you know, will win points with me. Yeah. I like, they, they also give you the option for original controls or updated controls. Like they'll they'll dumb it down to three buttons like it was on a Genesis, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I like how many options they give you. I mean, if you play it on PC, there's even more options. But I played on Xbox. So you it's, you know, just the console version. But there were still a ton of things you can change around and you could play as like six different characters. And I'm pretty sure there is an achievement for doing the story as each different character. Because I, I played through as Axel, who's the cover character, the mo- the most played character, I guess you could say. Um, but he, uh, yeah, you can go back through and play as everybody, which is pretty cool. I, I like that. Um, 
All right. I think that covers our number three. Let's go to number two. Jen. So our number two is a game that uh, totally saved me, and I'm sure most people who have played it, totally saved me from pandemic madness in the beginning of the shutdown. Um, And it is also a game that is constantly being updated with all these super cute and fun new things, which I always appreciate. And so that would be uh, the new Animal Crossing that came out for the Switch. Um, I sunk... Hold on. I can actually tell you how many hours I've sunk into that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, afraid. I'm afraid to hear it. <laughs> it's actually, it's not as much as you'd imagine um, because I was also playing Breath of the Wild at the same time. Um, but let's see. Hold on. In real time, I'll let you know. Uh, over 100 hours. For some reason, it doesn't give me the exact amount, but it's over 100 hours in that game. Wow. Um, and I stopped playing it probably in the summertime because that's when I started getting busy with house hunting and stuff. So 100 hours in a few months, it's a lot. Um, it's super cute. I, I was actually never a fan of, really a fan of Animal Crossing up until this game. Um, I used to like watching my friend play it, but I never really played it on my own. Um, I was more of a Harvest Moon fan. Um, but picking up this game was really great for me and maybe not so great for my time, but I really enjoyed it. It's really cute. Um, I would say the only negative for me about the game was just because I played it so much, I ran out of things to do early on because you could only do so much. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was really the only negative that I had from the game. Um, Like I said before, they're always updating it. They're doing seasonal things. If you like games like Minecraft, where you could literally just do nothing for the most part and just farm and fish and, you know, do stuff like that. This would be a perfect game for, for anyone out there who maybe hasn't tried it yet. Um, you know, you can go so far as to try to catch every single kind of fish in the game, which have certain um, seasons that they only come out for. And you have to, like, go to certain spots and sometimes it's a certain time of the day. And <laughs> they really try to hook you into playing this game morning, noon and night. Um, uh, apparently they're doing a good job. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, <laughs> then there was the whole uh, there was like a uh, the stock market, if you will. <laughs> that was the whole thing that was like dominating Facebook and you know all that stuff people were trying to sell parts of the game that was definitely illegal. yeah the turnips yeah it was <laughs> it's crazy um I don't know if it's as big as it used to be because I haven't played it super recently but this game is definitely in my eyes deserving of the number two spot I believe it set it set records for Nintendo um it was like I think it had like the biggest quarter the biggest quarter I forget exactly now, but it was, it was huge for Nintendo. It got them a lot of money. It set records and it's still going. So again, I'm sure not many people have not tried it at this point, but if you are interested and you have not, I would definitely recommend it because it is a very cute and fun game. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I've, this is one of those games that I won't start because I know I will never stop playing. So, (laughs) yep. Uh, yeah, be careful. Would you, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you, the oh good. I was gonna say if you want to just if you want to devote all your time to one game, that's this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, unless you don't care about you know like buying and selling turnips and making more money and like kicking out really creepy looking villagers, which was a thing that I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It it's it's definitely a game where you have to like keep checking into it if you care about little things like that, which is definitely part of the point of the game. Yeah, because if you if you don't check in for a few days, you kind of you kind of lose all your your momentum. 
And then yeah, you actually you come out of your back. house. Yeah, <laughs> and you come out of your house looking like a hobo, like a hobo. Like literally, your hair is all messed up, and people are like, "Oh, are you okay? I haven't seen you in a while." <laughs> <laughs> the game is like punishing you for not playing it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, one of the best things was that it was such a craze in the beginning, you know, with the pandemic in terms of people streaming just like i'm showing you my house come mm-hmm. to my house come to my island yeah um, but it also gave way to one of the best um uh, gifts um which was uh, just the idle animations um of uh uh tom nook and uh whatever the really cute um oh, one what's her name uh crap the one yeah. that's in smash now isabel isabel that's it isn't smash i didn't know that yeah yeah and uh just dan- just dancing along to popular songs. Oh yes. <laughs> and it, it, you know, anything that sets up a good meme is, is always good in my book. But yeah, I feel like I feel like it's a Stardew Valley thing where, you know, I would play that game and just get way too into it. Um, uh, but I I think I would I think Stardew might have a little more depth to it. Um, in terms of stuff, not yeah. not 100 percent sure. But I so. so I might be I might be bored. Um. You know, a lot quicker with that game, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you got it and were able to experience it because it, it felt like a very gen game. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely, definitely was. Cool, Mark number two. Yeah, so number two on my list is um, drum roll, no, um, <laughs> is the uh, Last of Us Part Two. Um, that game is a masterpiece in terms of um, all the stuff we were talking about with Cyberpunk in terms of um motion capture voice acting performances it's all the things you can't do in a game like cyberpunk um because it's a very tight story um a little bit longer than it probably needed to be but um you know the the game the game wrecks you um emotionally uh uh, from beginning to end um you switch how you feel about certain characters throughout multiple points in the game I think they would have probably been better off, um, and I'll leave, I'll leave any spoilers out because um, I know Jen got Jen's got to um, yep. uh, play it. Still on my uh, list. But um, yeah, I I have a much better, and once Jen's finished with it, um, or at some point, um, I can talk about it. A much better way that this game could have come out and um, would have pissed off people a lot more. Um, but would have been a better way to tell a story. Um, uh, just to, I think most of the controversy um, comes from the way they the game is is structured. Um, you'll see it when you play Jen. What I mean. Um, but yeah, it's a it, it's it's a it's a I hate using you know these these high level like uh, adjectives and stuff, but it is like a tour de force in terms of uh, Laura Bailey and. Um, Ashley Johnson are just just some of the best performances I've ever seen in um, in video games. Um, just just the emotion is just is just on on time, like throughout the whole game. Um, they make you feel um, what those characters are going through. Um, and then it's, you know, a bunch of the ancillary characters around are pretty good and, and their scenes um, interacting with those two make it better. Um, you know, you know, the actress who plays Dina is great. Um, 
you know, I I shout out to probably one of my favorite voice actors, which is Ashley Birch, is in it for a little bit. Um, and she does her Ashley Birch thing and be sort of like you can tell it's her, but a little bit of a chameleon type performance um, where it's much different than anything else she's done. Um, and it's just, yeah, I've had a game affect me as emotionally um, since probably Life is Strange um, in terms of just when I was done or done a certain scene or something, just kind of sitting there um, and just kind of letting it wash over me and and um, sort of just understand and take in what just happened. Um, so I highly recommend, Jen, if you've avoided spoilers for this, to just go ahead and play it as soon as you can. Um, yeah. Because you're, yeah, yeah, it's it's really well done. I would like you to at least stream the first two, two and a half hours. But Yeah, um, I don't want to cry on stream, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, The Last of Us Part 1, I cried like in the first 15 minutes, like the very beginning, how it starts, oh, because it was so realistic, exactly how. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, guess I, I could just say it, but <laughs> I, I think I think there's some missteps. Like I think I think Neil Druckmann, as good as he is, um, his ego got in away a little bit in terms of the I'm telling this story and not worrying about how fan reaction would be. Okay. Um, which I don't think you can do in video games yet. You can kind of do that in movies, um, but without giving them, without giving players, because they're actually playing the game, without giving them choice. Right. You know. Um, which this game is not choices. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not Mass Effect. It's not Cyberpunk. It's not, you know, any Fallout, any of that stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, he got a little bit too much my art yeah. um, into it. Um, but all of his explanations I heard in interviews are correct. But I think he overestimated the maturity of most of the gaming world oh, um, for, sure. <laughs> for it. But, um, yeah, it's highly it's it's the best looking game I've played. Um, and I played that on my launch PS4 that I have. Um, if it ever comes to PC, God, I can't imagine what that game will look like or even PS5. Um, and it's just I if you haven't played it yet, I, I highly recommend playing it, um, even if um, you've heard negative things and stuff. Just judge for yourself. You'll know at least 10 hours in whether you, well, three to four hours in, you know, is the first tentpole and then then 10 and then, you know, um, if, if you really like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why it's number two on my list. OK. All right. Number two for me, I, you're going to get a, a bit of a you're going to see a bit of a pattern developing here. But my number two is Tony Hawk pro skater one and two remastered again it really hit the nostalgia button that that the game it it felt like tony hawk the big problem when they did tony hawk uh hd collection or whatever it was was it didn't feel like tony hawk it felt like shit is what it felt like (laughs) and then they took that game and decided to make tony hawk 5 out of it and that's a whole other podcast discussion uh tony hawk one and two remastered though really felt like they just took what worked in in the on the PlayStation 1 and they threw it into uh a new wrapper and added a couple new things uh but you know the music was there which was that was really the biggest problem uh with some of the older stuff is that the music wasn't the same they brought back music from Tony Hawk 1 and 2 they also added some newer music into it which was still pretty good but obviously you you can change out what music you have playing during the game. 
Um, and I, I tried to stick to the older stuff cause I feel like it fits better when you're skating through, uh, when you're skating through the, the older levels, like you're in Venice and all of a sudden you hear a, a new song that doesn't match up with what your mind remembers. It kind of yeah. throws things for a loop. <laughs> uh, but the physics was good. I was afraid that that was going to be a problem because when they did Tony Hawk HD collection, the physics were all off. So no, none of the stuff that you were supposed to do made sense uh, because you were just like flying over stuff that you were supposed to be landing on and you were way too, way too high and it was too floaty. This game kind of nailed it and nice. it still had all the, all the old uh, stuff you had to do throughout the levels, but it added a whole other dimension after the fact is like a hard mode which added all new all new uh things to do in the game after you've beaten it so it really gives you that plus one thing that remasters and remakes kind of need um now this is very obviously uh take it with a grain of salt because somebody who never played a tony hawk game this would not be in their top three list obviously like mark mark has never really played tony hawk and no. I told him straight up, if you if you have no nostalgia for Tony Hawk games, don't buy it. Don't buy it at full price. Buy it at maybe fifteen to ten dollars. Don't buy it at full price. But for someone like me, where Tony Hawk one and two were like huge in my gaming life, and that during that time, uh, it was really really a treat. Now, did you guys? Th- there was a demo. I don't know if any either of you even checked out the demo. Jen, you're not. You also were kind of not really a Tony Hawk person either, right? Um, I, I used to play Tony Hawk. I don't remember which one now we used to play the most, but my brother and I used to play a lot, um, back like a million years ago on the 360. Um, but it was mainly my brother's 360. So I didn't personally get to play it as much as I got to watch him playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have some, some good memories. I totally identify with you on the whole song thing. If you have a song in your head that you associate with a game for like, you know, memory reasons as well like going back in time for you and you hear a totally different song playing on this certain level that you remember was a certain way it would totally ruin it for me too i would be like this is wrong this is all wrong <laughs> this is not how this works yeah so i totally get that yeah so um i asked tom multiple times i was like should, should i get this um i i want i want to be in with the hype should, should i should, should i get this and you kept telling me wait for it's on sale Wait till it's on sale. Um, but yeah, it, from everything I've seen, I had more fun watching people play this game. Um, there were some real good streams, which is sort of like our Dead by Daylight streams in terms of just people playing the multiplayer. Um, there's a thing where it just runs you through modes. It's like a playlist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just keep playing. You know, there's no stoppage or anything. Um, and it was just people, you know, talking about the game, their love for it, and just basically other gaming things coming out. Um, it was just fun to just sit back for like two hours and watch them play and the ridiculous, um, you know, tricks they could do and high scores and stuff like that. Um, and also how good they were at the game, you know, that they could break it a little bit in terms of keeping combos going and stuff like that in non, you know, human ways. Um, yeah, the addition, yeah. Of, the addition of reverts and manuals into this kind of broke stuff, but yeah. at the same time. If you have played, been playing Tony Hawk games for a long time, not having those things would be a, would make it feel weird, which you can actually turn them off if you want to, which is another cool thing, another cool option that you can turn that off and then uh, play it the original way. 
personally, I like having them on because it makes doing combos and things uh, way easier, like Mark said. Yeah, and it just seems like seems like a game that's a lot of fun that I would play and not have the same amount of fun. Um, just because I maybe I don't have the reactions or the hand-eye coordination or the, you know, to be able to, to, to get it down. Um, but I, I appreciate what it did. I knew Tom would have it high on his list because um, when a remake is really well done, which I assume we'll get to later, um, yep. it is done um, and it's done well. You could win new audience, but you'll at least have the uh, admiration of the people that grew up with the original. And it's and it, what I imagine Tony Hawk one and two and even the game we'll get to um, is that the way they updated it and stuff is makes it the game that you remember playing, even yeah. though that wasn't actually how that game looked. <laughs> yep. You know, that was the game in your head. And now they put it on screen. So um, I think Tony Hawk one and two was the prime example of that, um, because there's probably a lot of people that have never played video games in a long time. And went, oh, I used to play this when I was a kid. Oh, this is exactly how I remember it. And never go back and see how actually not <laughs> great uh, yeah, it, these games were. It's funny to see people's reactions when they like actually see what a PlayStation 1 game looked like. Because in your head, it looked awesome. And it was cutting edge. And it was crazy. But if you go back now, you you can kind of see like from the, the PS1 Classic and how much of a sh- shit show that was it really doesn't look good anymore. It it was kind of of its time. And if you look at it now, it does not look, and if you have no reference point, it does not look good. But if you see these remakes come out, it's exactly like Mark said, it's how you remember it looking in your head, which okay. makes, makes it way better to play. Okay. Uh, time for game of the year. Uh, I wish, I wish I had some, some epic music to put in here, but I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> So, Jen, let's hear what your game of the year for 2020 is. So my game of the year for 2020 is probably not a surprise to you guys, um, but I went with good old Phasmophobia. Um, I have never played a game in my entire life that has plagued me with nightmares, serious (laughs) nightmares. I swear to you guys, lights go out in this house and I think there's a ghost here. Like, it terrifies the living shit out of me. (laughs) And I am a huge horror game movie anything fan. This game has, like, just exceeded any expectations I would have had of it originally. Um, I've logged over 200 hours in this game, mainly playing by myself, which is really sad. Um, It's terrifying. It's super immersive. I don't even play it on VR, which I probably would never do because I probably would have a heart attack. But (laughs) (laughs) it does come on VR if anyone's interested. Um, Like I said, it's super immersive. As soon as you walk into the house that is haunted... You just have this like foreboding. I don't know what to describe it as. It's just like, like, but it just keeps going. How would you describe that, Mark? It's like a ambient, just noise. There's a movie that that did that. Um, Well, no, that's Inception. Inception. It's the Inception effect. um, Mm -hmm. No, the sound is just to um, scare the crap out of you. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) and if you're wearing headphones, it goes. You know, noise goes from ear to ear and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Um, which which is pretty amazing. It is. It's crazy. Like, so you enter the house and you have this just creepy ambiance background noise of just like you're in danger. You're going to die the entire time you're in the house. This does not go away. Um, so then you're using tools and, and trying to figure out what kind of ghost it is. And the longer you're in the 
the house in the dark specifically, the more your sanity drops and the more your sanity drops, the more the ghost might hunt for you. Um, and the ghost is going to kill you. Like it's not, there's not a chance where like, oh, you might have a friendly ghost or like, oh, if I, you know, don't keep pushing it, maybe they won't hunt me. Like, no, no, no matter how, what you do. And if you don't talk or you do talk, you're still going to get hunted down with the potential to die in the game. They are always trying to kill you. They are always trying to kill you. Yes. Um, and you can talk to the ghost. There's like a Ouija board. Um, there's a spirit box where the ghost can talk back to you. But it's very limited. But if you say, where are you? And it says like close or behind. Like I always have a heart attack. So like, oh, my God. Um, there's like an EMF reader that usually goes off right before the ghost starts hunting. If it hits five, you're probably going to die quickly. Um, there's all different kinds of ghosts and they have strengths and weaknesses. And um, this game is actually run by one developer, one person. Um, I think he may have recently hired a few other people to help him, but he has been running this game by himself for like this whole year. Well, no, it came out in September, I think early September. But that's still impressive. This this one person has been pretty much developing, um, fixing bugs, taking feedback, coming out with updates by himself, which is really impressive. And this is actually just the um, like the early launch of the game. So they are planning on, on launching the game, you know, full force at some point. And is it's it actually an early access game. Yes. Yep. It's okay. an early access. Um, and it's actually up for VR game of the year for Steam. Um, and the developer said it himself, like, I never would have imagined that this early access game would be up for game of the year, which is crazy. Um, so I think they're still collecting votes for that. And I'm not sure when that's going to be announced, but this game has blown up like all over all over Twi uh, Twitch. If anyone's interested in watching live streams. Um, like Mark was saying, it's probably all over uh, TikTok and <laughs> other kinds of, of social medias like that, just because it's hilarious when you're playing with other people. It's terrifying. It's challenging. The ghosts are hideous, which is great. I don't know. I, I don't really have any complaints about this game. Um, the, the games themselves can take a really long time. So like Dan isn't super into it because he finds it to be a little bit boring and claims that he's never scared by anything. But I don't know. Put, put headphones on him, turn the lights off. Right. And well, and see see if he can hold up to that. I know. And like Mark said before, the noises in the game, like you are meant to walk through this house listening to hints of where the ghost is. So you hear footsteps, you hear doors opening and closing, you hear the ghost breathing in your ear sometimes, or like doing the grudge noise when it's really close to you, you hear your heart beating. It is terrifying at all times <laughs> so it is just it's crazy it's if someone like you tom that you don't like horror this would definitely not be the game for you 100 percent. Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know i don't know what else to say i just i love it and it is my game of the year for that reason cool yeah i mean that's the whole reason we're doing this because i imagine that each one of our lists would look completely different oh which, yeah as it's working out right now it is <laughs> <laughs> now Mark, I'm really, I, I already know what your number one game is, and I'm really s upset that my number one game is not on your top three. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys so, limited the list, so that's why I yep. didn't get mentioned. So. No, I know. It's it's our fault. Uh, so go ahead. I already know what it is, but. Yeah, so number one else. is uh, a little game from Supergiant called Hades. Um, Hades may be the best combination of low expectations. <laughs> Great gameplay and unbelievably well done, like, dialogue. 
like it, it's not like a high profile like top of the line voice actors that you you know heard like Troy Baker and Lar Bailey and um, Nolan North and you know people like that, but the voice acting is just it's really good for what they what they were going for here. And the fact that one of the developers, Greg Kishavin, does one of the voices in it, and you would have no idea it was him. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. And the fact that I have played that game going on, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 hours, maybe more than that. Um, and I have never seen a repeat dialogue yet um, from most of the characters. Um, the one character, which is the Greg Kishavin character, does repeat a little bit but basically he's like the first thing you see when you come back from the dead so he sort of comments on what happened and if you die in the same place or to the same people he may repeat that dialogue mm-hmm. um but that's just a fact that you shouldn't be on run 70 um by the time you're at the point in my game um, a lot of people beat this in 10 and under it took me until like 26 i think to beat hades the first time um, and now I'm just, I'm just really good with one of the weapons and I just get there consistently all the time. Um, I should spread it out so that I could get a lot of upgrades, but, um, the sheer fact that the game feels great. You can play it, you can play it slow as Jonathan showed us on extra life with, with the bow and get through it pretty easily. Um, or you can play it chaotic and hectic like I do and ruin your a button, um, <laughs> like, like I did with the fist. Um, and just dash attack all over the place um, and learn that the most broken thing in the game, maybe they've updated it since then because I haven't played it since Cyberpunk, um, is the is getting the uh, uh, reflect ability on dash. So as I'm just dash attacking, anytime they try to hit me, it just reflects. So um, it becomes sort of broken after a while if you time it right. Um, all, the, all, all the drawings of the characters are pretty good because they're all ridiculously hot like male and female like it's it's like they actually went through the time of not of just having their personalities come through in the drawing but also keeping that what the greek gods were supposed to be um you know uh and you know the i i know some people have read more mythology than i have but you know they have the three sep the three brothers are pretty much the personalities are supposed to be you know, Zeus is kind of like an egotistical asshole. Um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. Poseidon, Poseidon it, it's, is a bro who's kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh, Hades is like, is like the most like, no, order. We need order. Like, everything needs, like, he's the one that gets frustrated with the other two. Um, and they play that perfectly in that game. And then the story itself is real touching. Um, after you get the roll the credits which um spoilers isn't after you beat hades the first time um but uh yeah it's real good and then there's a whole like true ending which is after you you know do all the things that you have to do in terms of you know um there's like a friendship meter and stuff like that once you get that full um kind of like stardew jen um with the hearts uh you know, once you finish all that out, there's a whole nother ending um, to the game, which could take hundreds of hours. Some people have put into it. Um, I am 100 percent glad I did not play this in early access um, because I wouldn't have had the same experience going through playing it on 1.0 um, that came out this year as I did. Um, yeah, it's a real fun game. It's a, a roguelike um 
No, I didn't mention that up top. Um, you just go on runs and you basically keep the stuff you get in the dungeon and buy upgrades with that and, um, you know, do other little things around around the, uh, ho- the, the hub that you keep coming back to. Um, it has the most important thing that all games need to be great is that you can pet the dog. Of course. Yes, that is the that is the baseline for me. Yes, and in this case, it's a three-headed dog. Uh, Even better. Because it's Cerberus. More heads to um, pet. And they uh, they even they even comment on the fact that the animation can really only have him pet one head. So he kind of there's certain different dialogue lines where he talks about, oh, I know the other ones are jealous, or you're the only one that lets me touch you, or you know something like just. <laughs> You know, it, it plays on the fact that they can't animate you petting all three heads. Right. So it's stuff like that. Just the little things. I'm a very little things guy with games and entertainment in general. Is if just just things that, you know, aren't probably thought about on a big scale when you're doing like the, you know, storyboards and stuff like that. If you get those right, um, just each of the characters you run into, like, uh, you know, Dusa may be my favorite character in a game this year. Um, it's just so well done. Uh, yeah, her name's Dusa, and she's a maid. So mm-hmm. you can uh, maid figure Dusa. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can figure out the fun on that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and also they had the character Megara, who basically her and Zagreus's relationship is just bad for both of them. But they, <laughs> it, but they're gods and are eternal, and it's sort of like, uh, let's try this again. I don't know, but they just they shouldn't be together. Um, but yeah, she's also probably a lot of people probably have really weird art of Megara because she's like pretty much a dominatrix. Oh yeah, um, in the game. Uh, so and just all the little side characters. Like if you've had any even like a a sort of just just a toe into mythology and the base knowledge of it, you'll hear and you'll run into people that you've heard and go, oh. Oh, that person, yeah. And then you get a little bit more of their story in, in this. Um, they they take a couple liberties. Some things are not specific because those stories can get really weird um, in there. There's not much talk about Zeus impregnating half the world with half gods um, <laughs> and, and, you know, stuff like that. But um, I hope there's DLC and stuff that bring a couple more of the gods I didn't mention um, or you don't run into um, in it. But the ones they had have very specific reasons for why they're in the game. Um, and you'll get to that by playing through it. So it's it's just the game I had the most fun, had the lowest expectations going in. I got it for like 10 bucks or less, maybe 14 or maybe maybe $4 because I bought it on Epic and they I still had a $10 coupon from a summer sale or something. Mm-hmm. And I just it went on sale and I just bought it. Um, and I was just like, yeah, let me try this out. I don't never, re- I didn't really like Rogue Legacy and those games, but I think having the mythology and the storytelling and the writing really made this game pop for me. Um, in a way, other games of that of that um, genre has not really done it for me. Um, and it's fun. The most fun thing is be my final thing. I know I'm ranting. I just really, really love this game. Um, <laughs> the best part is that, um, and they. The um, what's it called? Um, the way you can play it in two completely or multiple different styles, like Jonathan watching me play and go, oh, you can do that. Oh, and he's like he's like 20 runs in. And so am I. 
And I'm beat. I, I like finished it in like 26 minutes a run. And he was like, holy shit, that's fast. And then I watched him play it and it took him like 40 minutes, but he's a lot slower. And I'm like, oh, that's why he was impressed with my time. <laughs> because he takes his time, you know, in, in the dungeons and don't just go and attack real fast and just, you know, uh, you know, and people get strategies, min maxing, like, oh, I need a Poseidon Zeus run, you know, um, thing. Or it's very good to get Ares and Hermes, you know, like. <laughs> And just stuff like that has grown around it. So I recommend everybody playing it. Um, so, yeah, that's my Hades rant. Mark, can yeah. I just say that I have fully enjoyed living vicariously through you because I know how much you enjoyed that game. <laughs> I just love hearing you talk about it because it's just like the epitome of a game, like you said, when you go in with low expectations and it just blows you out of the water. And it's so fun to like listen to someone that found that in a game. So I, I do want to play it. I will be making that my Game Vault Pod resolution of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so anybody who's listened to this podcast one time uh, should know what's coming. My game of the year for 2020 is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Big, big surprise there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge. I won't go into too much detail because we did a whole spoiler cast on Final Fantasy VII Remake. And if you haven't listened to that, um, go back and listen to the archives. Um, it's, you know, Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. And the fact that they remade it and did such a good job with it between the music and the battles, the battle system, I, it just, it all worked for for me. And I was afraid of this game. I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be any good or if it was going to be, you know, a cash grab by Square Enix, which a lot of people thought it was going to be. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised and if you like Final Fantasy VII or if you like the Final Fantasy series in general and you like Kingdom Hearts and you like, I don't know, any any other Square properties that kind of fit into that, this game will definitely be good for you. So if you haven't played it yet, go play it. Um, I think Mark is the only other person who's actually played this on the podcast. And you, you've watched me play it. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you have any thoughts? Because you played, you played through the original Final Fantasy VII up to the point where this game takes place, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely appreciated the fact that I had played the original game, and that's thanks to the both of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge graphics snob, so I think the game is absolutely beautiful. And they did a really good job taking elements of the original game and improving on some, and then following others to the T. Um so I, I was pretty impressed with it. And I remember, I think I watched you play. I don't know if it was more. It might have been twice. You might have played through it on stream. But I, I specifically remember during Extra Life watching you. Um, and it's definitely a game that me personally not playing it myself yet. Um, I would definitely recommend it to anybody, especially people who played the original game. I think it's a great tribute to the original. Um, I had no complaints from watching you. Maybe once I play, I might feel a little bit differently, but I doubt it. Um, and you're another one that, you know, it's great hearing how much you love playing this game because I know how much you like the series. And I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, like sometimes when things are remade, they just don't do something justice or they kind of like overdo it or they follow something too closely. Mm -hmm. I think that they did a really good job and that you, like, you portrayed that very well. Like, obviously, you were very into it as it's your game of the year. So um, maybe I'll make playing both of your games of the year my resolution for 2021 because that would be fair. Go buy it now. It's 50% off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, so I really enjoyed this game as well. Um, if this list would have been expanded from three, we would have heard it from me um, a little bit earlier. But um, the the best thing about it is I don't. The difference between me and Tom is that I didn't have the the nostalgia love that he has for seven. I more am a fan of six um, than I am um, of seven. Um, so going into this, it was just like, all right, I remember this, you know, I've replayed it as much as Tom has. And, you know, I think it shows you more that it's on his list um, as somebody that played it so much at the top of it. Um, because then that means the remake work. Um, if it was on my list, it would have been just like, oh, you're a noob that hasn't really played it much. You don't know the true lore of Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. Um, but yeah, it's just, the game is beautiful. I can't wait for it if it comes on PC, um, how it'll look. Um, and also modders will be amazing to that game. I just want to see some some insane mods. Um, but for for what they were doing, there are some points where they have JPEGs and stuff like that. Um, that are obvious, um, like things that if they had maybe another year, um, they could have cleaned up. But just the just the scope um, that they did to turn what is essentially five hours of the first game. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd say five is fair. Yeah, and and turn it into a thirty-hour game, roughly, um, and have it be interesting the whole way through, and have as good a voice acting as you can have for the way they recorded it. Cause they didn't do any like in like together sessions. They all recorded separately and it was spliced together. Um, so, and it also introduced to, you know, they, you know, all the grief they got for not hiring the Arif actress from, you know, all the cartoons and stuff like that. I should say cartoons, animes. <laughs> um, it was great. Cause the, the girl that they chose for, you know, Brianna white um, did a really good job and, is now what Arif sounds in my head as yeah. um, compared to the other times I've seen her talk and like Kingdom Hearts and all that. Um, and and just overall, they just did a really good job of updating the characters and making them not look as realistic as possible as a man with a gun arm can look. Um, <laughs> and I'm excited for the future is probably my biggest thing with this game more than this game itself is I want to see how they do more of the crazier shit that happens later. Um, yeah, I I really want them to go to the gold saucer because that will look spectacular if they, you know, give it the same treatment. Um, even, even just like Chocobo racing and training. Yeah. The I, I'm excited to see if they go yeah. that far. Because in the newer games, Chocobos are just kind of a way of transport. There's not They're yeah. not really as in-depth as they are in that game. So I'd like to see what, what kind of stuff they come up with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's essentially the ending was pretty cool. I had to listen to a bunch of spoiler cast to get parts of it that I didn't get. Um, you know, the, um, the, the like red string cork board. There's, (laughs) there's, I was like, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Six hour long podcast. You can listen to about the ending of the game. Yeah. Only because, I hadn't played Crisis Core in a long time, so I didn't remember any of that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when a certain character pops up, I was like, who the hell is this character? And it probably <laughs> happened to a lot of people because <laughs> yeah. it's not really mentioned in the original game very much. Yeah, or yeah, he's and it's later in the game. So if you've played any 
you know, anybody that's played it recently that's not a devoted fan that would have knew immediately has probably never gotten to that point in the game on a replay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's the combat system is probably the best non-turn-based combat system that they've had. I kind of like 15. I know I'm in the minority for that. Um, but it's definitely the best one they've had since they went away since probably 10, maybe 12. I can make an argument for 12. Um, but that's that I put that out on its own island because that's a whole different genre of um, combat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. The combat was amazing for all the gripe and hand wringing people had early on watching videos and stuff. It turned out to be amazing. Um, I wish there was a little bit more you could do with it. But as a first step, it was great. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were as you're more of a turn based guy anyway. But in, in in terms of action combat, where it could have been going anywhere from, you know, what it turned out to be to Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, so. so... I heard it described as new age turn-based because the game, if you think about it, is still technically turn-based because you will go and do attacks and attacks and attacks. And it, eventually it'll, it'll get to a point where you can make a decision and that decision kind of stops things, not necessarily, not not stops it completely, but slows it down enough that you can stop, read the situation, make a decision based on what's happening. And you get that turn and then one of your next characters will get that turn and so on and so forth. So it's still kind of turn based in a sense, but you have to do many other things while you're still doing it. And um, I think it worked really well. I was surprised at how well it worked in my head. And uh, for many fans that were upset that wasn't, you know, menu driven turn based. um, I think they did an excellent job in that sense. And I'm I'm looking forward to how they expand it. Uh, the only thing that kind of you know is a hard thing to to make modern is the the summons. I think they did a pretty good job, but at the same at the same time, it's hard to replace the FMVs of those original summons. So uh, if you're if you are upset by that, I'm sorry, but I think it worked out really well for what they did. What they what they had to work with considering they were only doing Midgar. Uh, I think the battle system worked out really well and I'm excited to see how it, it expands with limit breaks and things like that. All right. I think we've talked our games of the year to death. So we're going to do another one. <laughs> we're going to do our retro roulette games of the year real quick. Uh, we don't have to go too in depth. Actually, I'm sorry. Did you have any, uh, any honorable mentions, Mark, before we move on? Yeah, let me, I can finish my top 10. Um, <laughs> So, uh, number four would have been Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ah. So, uh, number five um, was, I wasn't expecting it to be there, but after uh, getting my hands on it and finally playing it, um, it ended up cracking it. Um, Number five is Cyberpunk. Um, uh, Six is Bugsnacks. Um, Seven is Spiritfarer, which is a nice little game. I think it's still on game pass pc if you want to play it i was um, just looking at that game mark yeah it's really good um the seven uh eight is genshin impact um haven't played as much of it as i wanted to play um but it has a lot of breath of the wild zelda you know those dungeon aspects to it um uh number that was seven right or eight that was eight um nine is uh streets of rage four had a lot of fun with that game and um uh number 10 um, 
Yeah, a lot of these are basically tied. I mean, I could give it to a sports game, but that's not any good. Jackbox is Jackbox. Um, is um, is probably I'll go with um, uh, I'll go with Warzone. Um, just because okay. we got into that this year. Um, I've had a lot of fun with that game. I don't usually have a lot of fun with uh, first-person shooter multiplayers, but playing with you guys makes that my number 10 um, for this year. Um, I don't know if that technically counts, and if it doesn't count, then Phasmophobia is number 10. Okay. Um, Yay! <laughs> but, yeah, there are at least 10 more games that I played um, this year that I did not mention, um, which putting this list together is ridiculous. But um, a lot of them, to be honest, were... Game Pass and stuff like that. God bless Xbox Game Pass, which should be the real game of the year um, for 2020 <laughs> with the uh, um, with the pandemic and all allowing people to play a lot of games for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, the real you MVP. Know, you know, it really so the real MVP. Have ultimate. Game Pass. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So any of those games I mentioned, um, at least nine of them, I would recommend playing. Um, the 10th one is just depending on whether you like scary games or if you like first-person shooter multipliers, you know, Warzone or Phasmophobia um, makes it. But, yeah, I had a really good year with games. Um, it was looking rough, you know, in the summer when it seemed like I only had, like, two games I really liked. And then the fall season just came through and just just swept it. Um, Bug Snacks, as much as I hyped it, it was mainly because it was ridiculous that that game existed and that game... It's still ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the ending is is kind of crazy, uh, but you know, just the fact that the the foods just say their names might have been my favorite thing of the year. <laughs> if we had moment of the year, is the bunger um, yes. just just chasing you and goes bunger 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 bunger, and then as he's chasing you and getting faster, he goes bunger 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 bunger, <laughs> you know, and just as he speeds up, his name speeds up. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that. That was great. It's a good year for games. Um, you know, I wish there was a little bit more for the people that bought new systems, you know, mm-hmm. outside of just mainly Dark Souls. Um, one game that I did not play uh, this year that would have cracked the list from everybody I've heard is I did not get Miles Morales this year. Um, but I love that Spider-Man game. It was my game of the year. So I'm imagining it would crack this top 10 at least for sure. Top five probably if I would have been able to play it. But um you know, I'm more so I'm going to wait for that when I get a PS5. So, yeah, I agree nice. with you. Uh, my two real quick honorable mentions. Uh, my number four would have been Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, for anybody who tried to buy a HOTAS after they came out, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, because it 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 really it really like threw that into a loop because nobody was buying them. And then all of a sudden you had two flight sims come out. You had Flight Simulator and and squadrons come out at the same time, so everybody and their mother was trying to buy one. And I'm sorry, uh, but you need to play that game with a HOTAS. There's no doubt about it. And I think it was on PS4. It was on PSVR as well. So uh, you you should have been playing it either with a giant monitor in front of you and a HOTAS or uh, in VR. Uh, and my other honorable mention was uh, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Uh, it is an excellent expansion for Destiny 2. Uh, it really sucked me back in. I was not expecting that. And I ended up playing, you know, another 20, 30 hours of Destiny, even though I was not prepared to do so. Uh, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And it's free on Game Pass. So go check it out. Um, especially, I, I mean, 
God bless Game Pass, because I, I wouldn't have even, I didn't even think about buying it, and then I saw, oh, it's on Game Pass, so I'll play it. And I played way more of it than I thought I would. So much so that I almost didn't play any Cyberpunk because I was still playing Destiny. But that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> so if you enjoyed our list, let us know on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear your your games of the year. Uh, we're always interested to hear from you guys about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to go into our retro games of the year really quick. We'll try to make it as fast as possible so we can get to the incredible game that we played and then get get our new game and and get get on out of here in the new year so real quick uh, i'm gonna go first since i'm still playing it and i'll get it over real fast sweet in was my favorite retro roulette game of the year um obviously final fantasy 7 we played this year too but that doesn't count because it's my favorite game of all time but sweet in really fun rpg it's not that long so if you have a you know 20 to 40 hours to burn it seems like the perfect RPG for you. Just don't try to collect all of the NPCs or the PCs. I'm sorry, because uh, there's 120 of them or something. Uh, so go check out our stream vods that we've done of Re- of Suikoden. I'm playing it every other week off of Retro Roulette. So go check that out. Jen, go ahead with yours. So um, this was actually really hard for me. I actually have two runners up. If it's okay if I mention them really fast after my top game, because it was it was a hard choice for me. Sure. But um, so my top retro like game of this or of 2020 was Luigi's Mansion. Um, okay. This game really surprised me right from the start because it was a game that I'd always heard people talk about, but I actually had never played it until we played it for Retro Roulette. So I didn't know what to expect, but I was super impressed. The music is one of my favorite parts of the game. It was really unique and funky and had that horror vibe to it still. Um, I was also impressed with the very mild spookiness to the game and the ghosts were creepy looking and then the dark house you're exploring is creepy but it's nice because it's not so spooky that a kid couldn't play it so i think it's just a great fun game for anybody really i would 10 out of 10 recommend this game to anybody um so that was my game of the year and then my runners up were actually between revolt and aggressive inline wow (laughs) which i would never have expected until i played these games so i think this year retro roulette has been an eye-opening experience for me um Revolt, I didn't expect to like the game as much as I did because while I enjoy racing games, that genre hasn't really been a huge focus to me. Um, but I liked the graphics a lot. The track designs were really cool. I liked how they had realistic floor surfaces, which was also really difficult. Um, and then there is a fair amount of difficulty. The AI was super competitive and, you know, I felt targeted a lot. But overall, <laughs> I really enjoyed the game. I definitely want to try to play this at more of our, like, friend events. Because I feel like it would be really fun. Um, and then aggressive. Thing, uh, Dream Dreamcast is four players, so. I know. <laughs> um, and then aggressive inline was a game that I had history with already, but playing it for Retro Roulette brought back some serious memories for me. Um, and reminded me why I used to like it so much. Um, I like how you can go wherever you want for the most part. You can actually follow challenges, or you can skate around and bother people. Um, the people, when you bumped into them were hilarious to me because I would say really dumb things that were so like early 2000s (laughs) and the way that they dressed, it was like, it's like a little time machine in a game form because I kind of feel like I'm still a kid playing this game because it just brings you back kind of like how you were saying with Tony Hawk and it brings you back to that, to that time and the music and everything else. So those would be my two runners up. Awesome. How about about you, Mark? Yeah. So this year, I was going through the list, and it seemed like the games that I liked the most were things that I played before. Um, so 
I'll give that one because obviously any excuse for me to play Mike Tyson's punch out, I will take it. Um, so I really enjoyed that week um, as I, I believe I streamed it showing you that I can get through the first two, which is obviously easy. Um, not easy, but, um, you know, with without really getting knocked down at all. Um, so that's always fun. I love doing that and um, showing that I'm not a turtle noob at video games. Um, <laughs> but I, I got to say, a game that I haven't played a whole lot that I like, because a lot of the games that I really never played before that got on here, I didn't have a great time with. Um, but I have I never really played Hyperstone Heist um, as much as as I played its counterpart. Um, so just just seeing that because um, uh, that's the Genesis version, right? I'm just yep. yeah. Hyperstone Heist is the Genesis version, yeah. technically of uh, Turtles, Turtles in Time. Yeah. So and just hearing that with that Genesis sound is just brings you back. Um, I love that grimy Genesis sound chip um, <laughs> so much. Uh, so. Yeah, those those were the, the the two that stand out to me. Um, I had I had fun with, with uh, Rave Race 64, but I don't know if I'd go back to it. Um, but those two games are ones that I would definitely, obviously, one I play all the time when I get the chance. And um, you know, uh, uh, and the other one, um, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a pretty good game. I could play it with you know people when they come over. You know, if if I could get my niece's attention long enough to play a game that's not Roblox. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, one thing I didn't mention, because I didn't know where to put it in here, um, but uh, damn, did I really get into randomizers. Link to the best randomizers this year. Um, so definitely, I don't count that because it's not a game, it's a mod of a game. That's why I didn't go into that favorite game of not of 2020. Um, but yeah, if, if you have any interest in Link to the Past or even Ocarina of Time, because they have one too, randomizers are a fun way to replay that game. And test your knowledge of the game um as i now have way more knowledge of that map than i did before so i highly recommend that so want to drop that in because i didn't know when else would be the right time Uh, what better time than now (laughs) yes all right so on that note we're gonna we're gonna go from stuff we liked to stuff we really don't like We're going to talk about a retro roulette game for this week, which was Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, I'm going to start because uh, I streamed it and everybody got to see my thoughts firsthand. Um, I did not like this game, not even a little bit. And I like Castlevania and I like RPGs. And this should have been the mixture of the two, but it was a failure on all accounts as far as I'm concerned. The only bet, the only thing that slightly made it better was the music because the music is uh it is one of the best castlevania scores i've heard mm-hmm. uh but music can only go so far to save a game uh i did not like the layout of the levels your control of simon was crap and the fact that you have to grind so hard just to get stuff that you actually need to complete the game it just killed the whole game for me because everything you purchase is with hearts, just like mo- most other Castlevanias use hearts to do special moves. But in this, hearts gives you uh, the ability to purchase things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, if I, it would be one thing if heart, if it was easy to get a heart, but it's not. Nothing, it, you, it only drops, like, pieces of hearts when you kill things. So it took forever just to get the first thing I needed to get to a to get to a boss level in which I didn't 
kill the boss because it was impossible without another, you know, another item. So, and I needed Mark to tell me how to get to certain places. This is one of those games that you need either a strategy guide or the manual or both. And I didn't have any, so it's it was just like impossible. So it left a real bad taste in my mouth, and it made me not want to play video games for about two weeks until I played Suikoden again the next week. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you a fast because my uh, I only have a few thoughts on it that Tom hasn't already expressed. Um, one thing I found out because I thought, oh hey, let me do that uh, thing where um, you like grind in the beginning, get as many hearts as possible. Then I realized that because of the limitations of the Nintendo Entertainment System, um, it maxes you out at 256 hearts. Of course um, it does. So I, I know 256 is a thing for color. I had no idea it would be for inventory as well. But yeah, it's um, That's a bit value. They can't go yeah. above that. Yeah. So, yeah, that frustrated me. Um, and then watching the uh, speed run of it, uh, figuring out that... Um, you know, essentially, you don't even need to worry about the level up. It's just, you know, make sure you get the items and get in and get out and kill the bosses. Um, was just like, oh, so that whole aspect of the game is is you don't even need to worry about leveling your character up. It's just about getting the hearts. Got yep. it. And they, they also taught me the lesson that each of the day night cycles or the day cycle, the night cycle is three minutes. And then the day is like four and a half or something. Um because that's timing their runs. Like they got to get something done before night because then they got to wait three minutes to do it um, again. So interesting concepts. Wish it was executed better. Probably executed a lot better in Symphony of the Night in terms of RPG elements oh, in a Castlevania game. There's um, no doubt about that. And it's and I am not a really good player of old Castlevania games. Um, four is probably the first one I had any kind of skill and could get decently far in. And Symphony United is the only one I've beaten. Um, so these first couple NES ones always bother me just because it has the NES limitations on it. So I don't know. I, Jen probably played a little bit longer than I did. Uh, Not too much longer, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly dislike this game. <laughs> the only positive about the game was the music for me. The rest of it was just irritating. Um. I hate having to go through the curse during the nighttime, even though I love the whole it's a terrible night for a curse thing. Um, just the saying is the only thing I like about it. Um, I just feel like that you're just endlessly. I know. What did we say it was three minutes of fighting the enemies? But it yeah. feels like like a half hour because <laughs> it never stops. Um, I just I feel like the enemies in this game are just maybe it's not the enemies, just a placement of the enemies is just overly aggressive. Half the time you're jumping on a platform barely large enough to fit yourself, and there's also an enemy there, so obviously they're going to hit you at least once. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention the knockback. The knockback is the most obnoxious thing in yes. any game. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you're getting knocked off of a platform and you're dying. Like, And those stupid little sea monster things, they're annoying, and they shoot you with the fireballs, and like even though there's no way they could hit you, they do anyway. Yes. And it's like typical side-scroller, but this game just brought it to a whole new level of annoying to me. Um and the whole thing with needing the white crystal to see the platform on that one level outside of the city is total crap. Like, if I didn't watch you playing this, Tom, I wouldn't have had any idea what was going on. I would have thought the game was glitching and I would have stopped playing it. <laughs> like, that's just that's just it. Um, yeah, I, I did not enjoy this game. I felt like it was unnecessarily difficult. It wasn't fun. There were too many situations where I was, like, dying and it was just it wasn't fun. And that's 
obviously the main reason you play a game is is because you want to have fun. And I'm also a Castlevania fan, and this game totally missed the mark for me. Yep, I think we're all in agreement here. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and the the other problem is since it's also an NES game, there's no saving, so it's all password driven. And what a piece of crap that is. <laughs> so uh, on that note, let's let's give scores real quick, and then we'll we'll move on to to better things, hopefully. Yes. Uh, Mark, what do you give it as a score? Uh, probably a one out of five. Okay, Jen. Um. I'm going to say a two out of five because I feel like there have been worse games and maybe worse games, but I was debating a one as well, but I'm going to say two. And I'm going to split the difference and go one and a half because <laughs> the music is all, the only thing that gives it that extra half a point. Yeah. I, at this point, I think well, you get a one for being a game and then anything <laughs> on that is, you know. <laughs> is, Thanks is, for being a game. Have a one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So let's spin the wheel. All right, we are going to play Final Fantasy X for the PS2. Ooh, a game I'm excited that, about that. A game that Mark loves and Jenny loves, and I've never played, so this should be fun. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't I've know never played, played Final Fantasy X. <laughs> I've never played any of the PS2 Final Fantasies, so this should be interesting. Awesome. Um... And I'm going to give you the option of playing, if you own a remaster, I'm going to give you the option of playing the remaster over having to emulate the PS2 version. If you, Because Mark has Final Fantasy X, I think, on 17 different consoles. <laughs> Does it matter which remaster? Uh, no. <laughs> no, they should all be the same. That's funny. I'm going to play it on original hardware because that's the whole point of me playing retro light games, but you guys can play an HD remaster if you own one. Okay. Yay, I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited too because this is the one everybody talks about that they that they count as their favorite and I've never touched it. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh I me being a Final Fantasy fan, this should work out for, for me, I hope. It'll hopefully put my faith back in humanity for video games after Castlevania two. It definitely will, I can tell you that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark, do you want to give everybody an update on Extra Life and where we finished out the year? Yeah, so we uh, finished out at $810. So thank you, everyone, that um, donated. Um, it was a fun um, event and fun year in terms of that stuff. I know it's been a crazy year besides that. So we thank you for donating in, in a weird time. Um, yeah, so, yeah, thank you again. It's about all about all I can say about that. It's it's still amazing that we even get to the amounts we get to. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I'll just go through the podcast real fast. We have a uh, uh, Stranger Damies, uh, which airs every Wednesday, but uh, we're taking a few weeks hiatus um, as we get ready for Campaign Two. Gives you plenty of time to catch up if you're behind on Campaign One um, episodes uh, to finish that up before we start. Um, just keep an eye on the Twitter, which is at Stranger Damies, um, for when our exact uh, release of our first episode and um it looks like we'll be streaming um so if you want to sit and watch the entire two to three hour session um with all the breaks and non-edited things in there um uh, feel free uh but um we will still do it in episodes um uh, thereafter uh so uh yeah just be new and exciting things for stranger damies um and they call this movie is our movie podcast that airs every thursday you can search for it they call this a movie 
Instagram and Twitter. It's the main Damie. Uh, so just feel free to uh, follow that. And the main is our main website. That's where all of our podcasts live, including this one and um, all of our written material as well. Um, so uh, Jen, the uh, streaming schedule. Yes. So as we've said a few times already, Monday coming up will be our retro let stream with Tom. He's going to be playing through Final Fantasy X. So you'll definitely want to check it out. It is a beautiful game and very good as well. So please join us. Uh, usually our streams start at 9 p.m. But the best place to check on when our streams are going to air and start will be on our Twitter account, which is at GameBaltPod. Um, also, as Tom mentioned, every other Monday that is not Retro Roulette, I believe he's been calling it Retro Mondays, where he's been playing mm-hmm. through Suikoden. Um, and the three of us are there. Um, I'm usually in the chat, and then Mark is usually um, on mic with Tom as well. But that's also a really great game and a really good story. So definitely check that out as well. Tuesdays are normally our only day off now, for the most part, which is awesome. Um, and then Wednesday, we are all three on Warzone Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday is Trails Thursday with Mark, playing through Trails in the Sky. And I am in the chat. And as Mark said before, we come up with some wild story ideas. And it's getting very interesting. So that's all I'll say about that. And then Fridays and Saturdays alternate depending on when we record our podcasts. So um, it's either going to be Friday Fright Fest or Saturday Scream Stream when I am playing Dead by Daylight with Mark. And then um, Sundays are supposed to be Strategy Sundays, but it turned into Slasher Sundays because we've been playing Dead by Daylight with uh, with my husband, Dan, who guest hosts the stream. Um, so... Again, just check out our Twitter account if you ever want to know when we're going live and what we're playing, and we'll make our announcements there as well. Awesome. Yes, we have lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, We also will be, hopefully, within the first month or two of the year, doing our first scripted content on YouTube. We'll be, since we reached the goal of $800, each of us will be doing a room setup tour. So Mm -hmm. we're all in the process of cleaning up our spaces (laughs) and making them uh, viewable for, for YouTube. Yep. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, talk about our we're an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you're in need of any uh, any retro controllers, games, cartridges, cleaners, uh, cables, anything you could think of, they they will probably have it. Uh, and if you use our link that is in the description of this podcast, uh, it'll give us a little kickback anytime you buy anything from it. It greatly helps the show and makes doing the podcast for free way easier for us and allows us to make it better in the future. But that is going to do it for our Game of the Year podcast. Uh, thank you guys for 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 taking the ride with us, and uh, hopefully you have a much better year this year than last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope. I know we we all hope that's the case. Yep. So for Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom. We'll catch you guys in the next one. <laughs>